I'm hitting record. Uh, you were saying just before we hit record or whatever that uh, you've had an inactive June. I got to tell you, I don't remember the last time. Well, Dan, I remember. I haven't seen in a few months, but I can't remember the last time I saw you in person. But I'm up uh, since April 1st when I got back from Mexico. I am up five solid pounds. Five. What's that all about, mister? I don't know. And you've been very active. Oh, you're golfing and the such. I guess maybe you've been enjoying some nice meals. Well, and treats. I, yeah, that's what it is. I, I think in the in the golf season, you know, I'm grabbing food on the go and I'm eating a lot more fries. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you fries. know, what I, well, French fries. I, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just I don't think I cook as much mm-hmm. in the golf season. Even though I shop uh, regularly at Palm de Pesa. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but you were saying that you're not as active. Have you, gr- have you get grown any pounds? Uh, uh, yeah, probably. Three or four, maybe. I think the last time I checked, I was like 177, and I was like 173 during the winter. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I was 185. Yeah. I'm 186 when I got back. And I'm uh, a solid 190, you know. And, and then sometimes before my uh, elimination, I can be up at 191s. However, I've had people say to me recently, Fred, you look so slim. But I guess that just goes back to my doughboy date. Oh, he's frozen now. Any, any, I'm frozen? Just for a second, yeah. Oh, Anything under 180 pounds, I seem to be okay. Yeah, Anything over. Once I get over 180, it starts going in my face and my jowls. And <laughs> Dan, have you gained any weight since I, I last? That's the key. Since I last saw you in uh, April, I think I, I maybe a couple of pounds. I See, think that's I there, there. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, I haven't. You know, no, I was thinking. You know about what that I yesterday. saw? I saw Don, Dan Friday night. I thought thought he looked rather thin, skinny, actually. Mm. Oh, well. Some borderline emaciated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to old guy emaciation. No, you didn't. Oh, well. Better uh, <laughs> Well, I've Dan. I've away myself. I saw the, that's what I was going to say. I saw this, the, the weigh scale here, and I thought, I haven't weighed myself for a while. I'll like the truck weigh scale, you're going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, 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 or is that just where you weigh your hammer? Yeah, I go in and. <laughs> separate myself you know put it on the counter and then uh yeah well when you're when next time you're here you should weigh yourself i think we're all curious what you've what right. you're what you're weighing it at right all right okay all right okay Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. i guess we should start yeah so yeah why am i getting Although some I uh, echo from him like don't know i'm not getting from me yeah, I got a little bit there. I'm not sure where it's coming from. Um, did you not hear that, Daniel? Nope. Okay. It's not on this end. All right. Maybe I just uh something in my little board here. What were we going to say there, Frederick, before we start the show? No, I just, as you get older, too, I just, I don't have the appetite I used to have. Much easier for me to not reach for my third helping now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it for is. For me, it's uh, summertime and uh, snacks. And uh, I love my snacks. I do. I love snacks. 
Snacks are good. I really do. I, and, and, it's and the, the right thing. kind of snack. I right? used to think I snacked a lot because I was high all the time. Uh-huh. But I still snack as though I'm high, even though I'm not. <laughs> all right. Can we start the show? Is there any more business? Are we all ready? No. Nope. Uh, Go nope, for it. Nope. All right. Yep. Let's do it. I think he or you are on a little bit of a delay. Do you want to start over again? No. No, I think it's fine. Because it's, it's obviously it's Zoom to you. It's not uh, Fred or I. All right. Well, well, let's figure it out. Let's, 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 you know what we should do is let's push ahead. <laughs> let's just, let's just push. put our heads down and push. <laughs> okay, just, all the cliches. Here we go. Let's just push ahead, Dan. Let's, you know okay. what, you know, let's grind it out. Here we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a lesser model trailer Mm -hmm. next door to a lake with a canoe hanging from the tree. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who monitor the ebb and flow of our intricate culture by watching Prime, Netflix, and Crave from a comfortable chair. It's Humble and Friends. Speaking of uh, streaming services, uh, Bill Brio will join us uh, shortly. And by shortly, I mean... I don't know, 25 minutes or so, maybe more. Can't keep track of everything. Uh, Quite a bit of uh, leg cramp feedback yesterday. Lots of feedback on cramping. I got, uh, there's quite a lengthy email. I won't read it, but uh, it did include some great leg cramp uh, advice for me. Dave White, best friend Dave, sent me a note as well about upping my magnesium. And be keeping track of my electrolytes, which is something I, I drink a lot of water. But one of the emailers, I, I don't have it in front of me, mentioned that uh, I should drink some Gatorade or something to re- replace the electrolytes. And you mentioned you went golfing yesterday. Did you drink yeah. enough water? Or did you feel like you did? I drank about a liter. Okay. Over the 18 Did you make peepees? Did you make a peepee? No. Yeah. See? Um. Yeah, uh, th- that uh, those electrolytes you can you can just buy the drinks right. Like those those things are full of sugar, aren't they? Like Gatorade and um, yes. Well, some of them like can't I, you just buy an electrolyte drink that doesn't have all the yeah, sugar. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's Gatorade or Powerade or one of the aids uh, doesn't have sugar in it. But Charlie, I don't like those. Yeah, I'm not a big. That's why I don't reach for them. But Charlie Glassman, uh, my daughter, whose name is Charlie. Gave me these things. They're just little packets of electrolytes you put in your water that don't have sugar in them. Mm-hmm. But I've run can, out of them. Can you sprinkle them on things? Like your salad? Could you? I, 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 th- yeah, I'm just, I think we were all stunned by, <laughs> by that question. Because it's to, re- to replace your... I mean, I'm theoretically you could, but to replace your electrolytes, you're trying to get some... So hydration in there as well, but oh, is that what it's all about? Huh? Yes, it's not like a topping. Yeah, I don't think that would be <laughs> to put it in a drink. Yeah. Would be sort of unnoticeable to sprinkle it on your salad. Might you know not be the best thing for a salad? 
tasty. Yeah, it's it, we, it's certainly uh, the stuff that Charlie gave me uh, has a lemon lime flavor to it, and it's very oh. concentrated. It's really intense, and uh, there's no sugar though. No. So oh, okay. uh, thanks to uh, whoever I'm, again, uh, magnesium apparently. <clears throat> yes. That's a wonderful thing about the show. You know, whatever ails us, somebody seems to have a response. A <laughs> That's remedy, right. A <laughs> solution. That's right. Oh, and uh, again, I know we're not doing emails until Thursday this week. Go ahead. No, no, I've got, I want to address something as well. You go ahead. Well, I was going to address the, uh, the mistake you made about the MLB All-Star game. Well, that's it. Yes. Okay, well, go ahead and do it. Do it up. Mm-hmm. This is from Brad. Yeah, and when Brad I go or, like this, I just mean I have something to say. It doesn't mean I have to say it immediately. Okay, what about when you go like this? <laughs> um, this is just from... Like, uh, that, that just means when you're finished your point, there's something I want to say. Okay. You don't have to stop what you're saying for me. Never think that. Good thing okay. 10 years into this podcast. 10 I'm years? 12. <laughs> no, it's 12 years. Th- it's a good thing 34 years into doing the show together. He's starting... Oh, so that's the signal for you want to say something. Yeah. Um, this came from us uh, to us from Brad Urbanowitz but is addressed to you. Yes, and uh, during the show in real time yesterday, Mike Boone also uh, made the point. Uh, Yesterday, uh, I said that, you know, the uh, Major League All-Star game is, uh, well, it's actually tonight, but yesterday I said tonight. And and, uh, I was talking about Bodog and the odds and what have you, and I said, you know, there's something on the line here. Whoever wins the Major League uh, Baseball All-Star game, be it National League or American League, gets home field advantage. It sounded great to me. In the World Series. Well, they used to do that, but they apparently they stopped doing that in 2017. Mm. Only six years ago. <laughs> way, to, way, way to stay current. I had no idea. I had no idea that they had stopped that. I just assumed it was ongoing. I did. I'm All sorry. Right. I'm out of the sports loop. It's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, about uh, six years. It's like, you know, another thing in baseball, and I'm surprised now a lot of people, you know, this past year or last year, the National League adopted the designated hitter, and a lot of people don't even know. It sort of flew under the radar. I had no idea. I thought the, D, uh, the DL was only in... Um DH. Hang on. In, in DH, sorry, was only in. Uh, let me just keep talking to Dan here for a second. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, the National League um, adopted the designated hitter, which uh, a lot of people resisted for years. They liked the idea the American League had it, the National League didn't. The traditionalists liked the National League, where the pitcher had to bat, but it was really a waste of time. It's more. It's really more exciting to have a designated hitter. Why? Why and would they want more. it though? Huh? Well, why? Why do they want it? I mean, why do they want to keep that that rule in place? To what advantage of the gameplay? Traditionalist. Oh, traditionalist, Dan. Because no. it can become very tr- tr- strategic. Your pitcher's having a great game, but all of a sudden you might be trailing, and he and he's supposed to come up to ba- up to bat, and usually a batter is an automatic out, so you might have to pinch hit for him which means he's out of the game so a lot of people like that strategy but it's gone so they have um the dh in both leagues now one other uh baseball note before we move on yeah i want to come back to the dh in a second because i just had to talk to for <laughs> the strangest thing that's happened go ahead really oh yeah one more baseball note yeah. vladimir guerrero jr yes. won the home run derby last night nice 
He, uh, me and my, my darling, we watched it right till 11 o'clock, and Vladdy came through. And uh, the first father-son winners, uh, because his dad won it about 16 years ago, mm-hmm. Vlad Sr. So uh, do you know who Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is, Howard? I do. Oh, good. Because I've, I've been to the uh, Blue Jays game. Yeah, but usually you're not paying attention to the game. What do you think I'm paying attention to? Oh, the crowd and chicks and stuff. <laughs> Here, see this thing? <laughs> see, the, see this when I put my finger up? Your foot long. <laughs> Just see when I put my finger up? <laughs> Fuck you. But anyway, um, yeah. No, of course I know who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting back to the DH, I didn't know that. I did know that uh, the, you know, they. It's, I still think it's hilarious in baseball that they call the American League the junior circuit. Mm-hmm. Even, even though it's been around since the 1800s. Right. Uh, but for the longest time, the DH was only in the AL. Mm-hmm. And I had not heard that the National League had adopted that rule. And were you explaining to Dan why? Why would they do that? Just because they just wanted to make them equal? Well, I think it... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... Uh, Major League Baseball, to their credit, have adopted a lot of rules recently because they started losing younger um, fans. Okay. Game, games were too long. Sure. A lot of young people said games are too boring. Basketball has taken off and compared to, like, basketball or hockey. It just wasn't exciting enough. So, again, the games were too long and too boring, so they addressed a few things, you know, and they came up with uh, – you know, the pitch clock and the, the man on second base and extra innings and the DH. I mean, there's no getting around it. It's more exciting. It's sure. better to have a bat at the plate than a guy that can't hit. Because every time the pitcher comes up, you're like, okay, well, there's an auto out. Unless yeah. for some reason he gets hit by a pitch or gets right. his bat in the way. Uh, by the way, you know, I've been to uh, two games last year and a game this year already. So in those three games, you don't think I would have figured out who Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was? I'm just tugging you. I'll tug you. Come on over here. Um, what's a, well, by the way, what's a home run derby? Didn't you mention that before? Well, you've heard of the Kentucky uh, Derby. It's nothing yeah. like that. It's nothing so it's like that. A bunch of baseball players just running, running around. Oval? Yes, running around <laughs> with electrolytes on their salad. <laughs> um, what it is, Dan, the All-Star Game is tonight, and they sort of have – the night before the home run derby and there was a full stadium last night in seattle and they take eight of the top hitters in major league baseball and they have like a little tournament oh okay right and uh yeah they eliminate each other till there's two guys left and then they crown the home run derby champion and what they do it's just you get a guy you get someone friendly to throw you the ball just toss it up so you can smoke it out of the park so you can smoke it out of the park, yeah. exactly. And then there's bonus uh, points and whatever, but I won't get into the details. But, yeah, it was rather uh, fun to watch, especially when there's a home- hometown hero involved. And who is that? Vladimir. I know. <laughs> hey, okay, so I look over there just while you were talking about this, about the DH. And my neighbor, the, the mom who lives next door, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a mom and a uh, son combo who lived next door, been, been here since before I was a resident. She came over, and I thought there must be some emergency. That's why I got up to go and see if she's okay. Because she never comes over. It's 7.45 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's going on? Is everything all right? She goes, um, I said, I'm, I'm right in the middle of the show. She goes, oh, okay. 
I just want to talk to you later. I said, well, I'm not going to be around later. I'm going to be at the golf course. And she said, I said, what's this about? And she goes, um, do, do you want to do rent a room in your house? I said, what? I said, no, for who? She goes, for me. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah. I said, no. I, I said, I can't. My, my daughter is going to be living here some of the time. And of course, my son, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, she wants to rent a room in my house. Why? Oh, there's some family drama going on. I don't know, man. But that's what well, that was. Why not? Why can't she have the green room? Why she rent that basement suite to her? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll make a business decision to see Listen, if I want an older Korean woman living in my basement. Successful companies are always looking for new revenue streams. Okay. What? <laughs> How about this? Diversify. <laughs> Why don't I send her out to B Town? She can live in your basement. <laughs> but but that's what that was. Wouldn't yeah. that be something? <laughs> yes, actually. Although, here's what you should do. What's that? Say yes. But you all, you can rent a room, but you're responsible for cleaning the entire home. And cooking meals, because I love her cooking. Yeah. She brings me food all the time. She's very well, lovely. Must be nice, man. That's, you're, you're, I'll tell you, I've lived on this street for 27 years, and nobody ever... Well, I said Liddell used to cook me chicken drumsticks, but... What are you talking um, about? You and Liddell were like best friends. You, you, what about the man baths you took together? No, I, I mean, know, come I on. know, but I'm just saying, you, like, you know several of your neighbors. Well, I can't help it. There's only four... I know. I know. There's only 14 units... I'm on the board, so I know all the people who live here. Plus, when they were gone a couple weeks ago, I went in and I watered their plants and things. Sure. Did you look in her underwear drawer? Look, I've tried them on. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she's probably like, why is this? Why are my underpants soiled? <laughs> God. <laughs> but oh, but the, so you did, I guess you, you didn't have time. That would be a great story to find out why she wants to. Oh, I'm going to find out after the show. She's not getting along with her son or something. Or does she mean rent a room for like a visitor that's coming? That's what I thought. And I said, who's it mm. for? And she said, for me, all that wow. took place while you were telling Dan about the DH rule in baseball. Wow. No, I'll go over after the show and I'll find out uh, what's going on. Hmm. You know, she's a she's an elderly woman. You know, she's in her, I would say, got to be late 70s, in great shape. But yeah, I would, mm-hmm. they, you know, when I was gone in the wintertime, when Daniel wasn't here, I'm not sure when it was, but the, the son who I'm, fr- we're on the, I'm on the board with him, he's a good guy, he came over and, and, you know, looked in on the house and he's got the codes to, you know, make sure things are okay here. And then when he and his mom went to uh, Korea about a month ago, I went into their home and she has all these plants and, you know, I just try and be a good neighbor, you know? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I know that's not your style. No, it's just beyond John Liddell. I've been at this house. It's been in this house for 27 years and beyond, uh, beyond uh, Liddell, John Liddell and his wife, Allie, and the wonderful family they were, are, um, I've never been in another home on this street, ever. Have no relationship with any neighbor. Okay. It's crazy. Well, it's... Did, did you ever wonder, oh, I wonder what's going on in that house? Like, what did they oh, do sometimes, yeah. 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 Well, you know, maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. Oh, no, no. Your way is the way to go. I got no way. 
You know? In fact, sometimes I envy when people talk about, oh, yeah, we're having a street party or at Christmas, you know, all the neighbors come over. And I'm thinking, what is that like? What is it's that like living like? at the lake? That's what it's like. No, I know. I'm not going to street parties, but I've been to, um, you know, I've been, I've been to a dog's birthday party here in my... <laughs> Well, that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Dog's birthday party. I did. Mm-hmm. You know, Roots, uh, the lawyer, she uh, oh, yeah? she had a birthday party for her dog, and there was like, I don't know, 15, 20 people there with their dogs. It was quite something. Celebr- Celebrating <laughs> this stupid dog's birthday. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, Dan Duran, I want to talk to you about the Las Vegas sphere when you come back. Can we do that? Yeah, I'd love to. I don't That's know a, what you were going to plan, but it, whatever. So do a, do a news story. Oh, actually, yeah. why don't you hang in for a second while I because I want to talk about a friend of ours, a mutual friend. Um, but uh, do a news story, and then let's because uh, I'm fascinated by this sphere. Yeah, and, um, it, it's I know, a sphere. Well, it's it's incredible. It's a Las Vegas sphere. In the meantime, if you're listening to us live, go look it up. It's amazing. Hang around for a second. We got a, a friend of ours who's uh, announced their retirement. First, here's a, a friend of mine telling you about this. Oh, dog. Yeah. Hey, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from uh, their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and room. They've been fighting Canadian poker's an Ontario-held gaming experience uh, since 1994. And let's just have a look here right now. I know it doesn't mean a lot, but... You know, the All-Star Game tonight, Major League All-Star Game, which over the past several years, the American League has dominated. Well. Okay. you're Hey, dude, you're uh, cutting what? out too much. Yeah. Are you hearing it too, Dan? Yep. yep. Okay, so it must be his connection. Yeah, his connection. Um, could you, would you mind, would you kindly uh, go away and come back and then, Dan, just hang around for a second? Okay. And then do Bodog again because most of it got garbled. Okay. I'll tell you, Dan, when you're here in the city the next time, I got to get you a, an appointment at Stretch Lab. I know you're in great shape and all that, but uh, for those of us that aren't, I got to tell you, the benefits of StretchLab.com here in Toronto, it really helps alleviate muscle tension, reduces pain in your sore areas and joint pain. I know what you're thinking, given how, how sore I am. Imagine how sore I would be. <laughs> If I imagine the level of soreness I would achieve if I didn't have access to Stretch Lab, and now you all can too for $59 for a 50 minute stretch assessment from a flexologist. And by the way, the other thing I haven't mentioned is they will set up a proper stretching routine over time. Something for you to take away, increasing your range of motion and flexibility, making everyday tasks easier, and improving your quality of life. Go check it out and uh, reduce some stress. Stretchlab.com. Hey there. You're back now. Yeah, let's see how this works. Okay. You know, I have the highest speed Rogers internet. I'm annoyed. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully, leading, uh, uh, fully loaded casino and racebook, 
They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And uh, as I mentioned here, tonight, Major League All-Star Game, which the American League has dominated over the past several years. Different story tonight. National League All-Stars, they're uh, minus 230, so uh, heavily favored to win tonight's game, it would seem. All right? So, uh, Bodog is where to go to wager on any sport under the sun. Hey, did you hear that uh, they're no longer letting the uh, winner of the All-Star game have home field advantage in the playoffs? Did you hear hear about that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Who can trust anything you say now? I thought you were the sports authority. And you know what? I'm embarrassed right now, too. Something I just did. What the now? game's actually a toss-up. It was the run line that I gave. That oh my goodness, what's the matter with me? Oh don't be goodness. so don't be so hard on yourself. You're apart. nearly seventy years old. It's actually you know a toss-up tonight. The game. Oh okay. My goodness, Fred. Come on. Anyway, all right for the win. Uh, like I said, listen. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, you know, you just turned sixty-seven. Yeah. And wow. you're Tomorrow in, I'll get it right. Yeah. Well, you got one more crack at it this week. <laughs> Give it a shot. Plus, you've helped me many times in uh, trying yeah. to understand the world of sports, including on the weekend. You were talking about how, you know, in overtime, the uh, second base gets filled up. And that I didn't know. I had no idea about that. You right. knew all about it. Yes. So there you go. Speeding up the game. Yes. So we have a friend. Uh, we've talked about her on the program from time to time. She is the partner of uh, another dear friend of all of ours. Uh, Lori Love is who I'm talking about. And Lori, we've all known this for a while. Lori's a great broadcaster at a uh, radio station in Niagara called uh, Move. Yes. Move. I I wish I had it in front of me. Move 97. Yes. No. I think it's 105.7. Okay. Move 105.7. Used to be Easy Rock. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna move. <laughs> okay. just gonna move on. Okay, uh, so Got it. it's called Move. P- people in the Niagara area around here know about it, and uh, for quite some time, uh, those of us that knew Lori or know Lori, she's not dead. <laughs> those of us that knew Lori uh, knew that she was going to make an announcement about her retirement. She has been there for 23 years. Apparently, she was going to go there for a year, and for the last 23 years, she's been a great uh, broadcaster and friend of those in the Niagara region and uh, she made the announcement I I didn't realize until recently this isn't quite like the uh, Major League Baseball thing but I didn't realize how far her commute was like we were taught the last time we all got together we were talking I guess it was at the play Mm -hmm. and um, it's like an hour each way oh yeah from Basically, you know, Derry and Winston Churchill area to downtown St. Catharines every morning. Yeah, it's Can fine. You imagine in the, you know, imagine no, that drive on a shitty morning. I was going to say, it's fine in the summertime, but, you know, most of the year is just shit. Mm-hmm. And and getting there, I know the show starts at 530, so I'm assuming she's going to get there somewhere in the f- late fours or five. So, I mean, she's up at two or two thirty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I uh, happened to be just, I I got done early before the show, and I went over to Facebook just to check something and saw this. And so I thought, oh, you know, this will be kind of cute. And I listened to the announcement, 
And this, just have a listen to about 30 seconds of it. Here's Lori telling her, telling her audience and her co-host us. Um, this is terrible. So, it's Curtis? Curtis. I was going to, because I, I didn't want to say what we used to call him. His nickname okay. when he was a when he was our intern was stupid Curtis, but he's grown up through. <laughs> I remember that? Was he, was he around when you were there? Briefly, yeah. So that was his intern nickname, stupid Curtis. That's when you could call people stupid. Oh yes. Anyway, here's Lori talking to Curtis and telling the audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying goodbye to early morning alarm clocks, commutes. And all that sort of stuff, and I'm going into relaxament. Yes, it's it's not a retirement; it's a relaxament. <laughs> uh, and it I, happens in four weeks. That's it. Friday, August fourth, will be my last broadcast here on Move 105.7, which is, of course, Lori's Love Fest. Right. Where, that's the reason why we're doing Love Fest. Yeah. So uh, I've obviously I've known about this for a while. Well, so it's I, not like you. I was like, what? <laughs> no, exactly. And we, I, I just thought maybe we could fill people in just on the backside of radio on yeah. this sort of stuff that you don't normally know about. It's been like nine months in the making. Mm-hmm. From the time I started talking to my superiors and my bosses about where my head was at yeah. and what, uh, you know, the direction I was wanting to go in. Mm-hmm. And then... Once those plans are in place, still nothing gets announced because now it's up to them when they're sure I'm not coming back (laughs) to find a new co-host to fill in my position. Yeah. Which is what we've done. Well, not we, me. Curtis and the team, I've been able to sit back and watch this uh, through the the glass. So anyway, I picked it up because I thought we would have a quick discussion about how unique and how, well, how first of all, how great Lori is. She's a great broadcaster. I heard the whole break and I, a couple things that struck me, which was it was really cool for her, the company. What is, what is she? Who is that? Is that Bill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool for the company to allow her. I guess he had no choice, but not to to retire, but to 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 make it real, to to be authentic about it, and to talk about it in a way you don't normally hear you know, a lot of traditional broadcasters do. Well, right, and <clears throat> I know we know for certain. Often, you know, if they're going to let somebody go, they call them in and say, "We got to let you go. Do you want to make it look like a retirement?" This yeah. is not that situation, exactly. If they had their choice, of course, they would keep her because she is such a sort of institution, a, um, well, yes, you know, that word's often thrown around, legendary in that market, obviously, oh, yeah. over 23 years. And, and and also... But it's her choice. She's just, you know, had enough. She's well, tired of getting up at 2.30 in the morning or whatever. And she's a young woman still. I mean, it's not like yes. she's an old fart like we are. Um, so I sent her a note and I said, hey, I listened to your goodbye break. Very good. And congrats on being such a, a great broadcaster and good human. She says, thanks. I said, oh, by the way, you will be blubbering. Her last day is August 4th. He said, I said, you will you will be blubbering uh, on your last day. She says, I'm worried. Listen to this. She goes, I'm worried about that. I'm going to an acupuncturist and might try hypnosis to see if I can avoid a pathetic, ugly cry. that was great she was telling us about that on friday night when we were over there that she was gonna go and try and uh, do something that so she doesn't completely fall apart on that day but it's tough i remember our last day in the edge i was emotional i had been there many years and 
Uh, Curtis, I wonder how he's going to like working with artificial intelligence, though. <laughs> yeah. AI and Curtis in the morning on Move 107. AI. AI in the morning with Curtis. It's AI and stupid Curtis. Yeah. You should go back no, to the stupid voice, Curtis. The voices AI can do. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah. They should just get AI to do Lori. <clears throat> it's AI Lori Love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, they could. Mm. But now we can. We've never really had Laurie on the show because she was always working when we're working. But maybe we could have her on live too. Maybe we can tap into her talents. We should definitely have her on. Do you want to try? Well, I was going to say we'd be tough to do it before because again she'll be working for four more weeks. Right. But perhaps uh, when we're done or she's done. Mm Hmm. Uh, I'm likely going to... Well, no, she may not be up there when I'm up there. I'm uh, coming up there on uh, sometime in the last week of July with uh, Senora Juliet. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dan? you'll be going to be here. Oh, I am going to be there. Yes, Daniel. During the week, though, right? Yes. Yeah, so she probably won't be up here. That's what I just said. Lori and... Uh, well, Lori's married to Darren, and Darren and Lori used to be my, my uh, trailer neighbors for years and years and years before Fred became that. Yeah, well, how did that, what was that like? When you heard that Lori and uh, Darren, who were just easygoing, friendly, you know, just kind of whatever comes their way. When you heard, uh, when you heard that Fred was going to be moving in, were you like, oh, great, here we go. Old. No, it was more like, how bad could this be? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, so. how bad did it turn out to be? Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's you know, fine. It's, it's a yeah. different flavor entirely. You sure. know, there's uh, sure you know, sound conflicts here and there. But, uh, you know, Fred's a very direct person and lets oh, you yeah. know what's going on. Oh, yes, he does. So, yes. There's no mystery. Very direct. There's no mystery about it. <laughs> Am I bothering Fred? Fred will let you know if uh, he's being bothered. And I appreciate well, I think Darren did a pretty good job of that, too. Did he not? I mean, yeah. beyond music. He loved loud music. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love loud music. I don't love you know, it anymore. You know, Dan's been very good over the past couple of years with that. He's he's come to the realization that, you know, your music is your music. Your music shouldn't necessarily be someone else's music. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Well, yep. there you go. So congratulations to our friend Lori Love. Uh, and uh, good on uh, all the people of uh, the region are going to celebrate her for the next few weeks. And if you're one of those, tune in to... Uh, Lori Love until your your last chance until August fourth. Okay, window she, and um, thir- no, sorry. No, she's been a good resource over the years too. She'll often send stories, and she sent me one yeah. this morning. Um, I don't know if you saw that, Howard, because um, we've been making the point. You know, with a lot of these transgender sports, men becoming women and wanting to participate in women's sports. And how unfair that is. I mean, from my perspective, again, I don't want to speak for you, but apparently there was a Belgian. It was called the Belgian Waffle Ride. It's a big uh, cycling race over in Belgium. And this year, a transgender male to a female wiped the field to win it. Um, so, in essence, you know. A male won the female race. I mean, there's no getting around it. And just wipe the floor with everybody. So immediately, immediately, they have changed the rules. And from now on at the Belgian waffle ride, and I think this is a great solution. There will be a men's category, a woman's category, and an open category. 
So any transgender person must participate in the open category. Very interesting story. And I haven't seen any pushback or reaction yet. Yeah, well, it is interesting. I, I just don't know. I don't know enough about the community to speak on their behalf. But I can imagine that if you're a man who transitioned into to a woman, and that's how you identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm only speculating. Then your identification is as a woman. And would probably, there might be some pushback from that community saying, well, I, but I, I am a woman. But again, I don't know. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to debate. I'm just saying that's my reaction is that some people, someone that identifies as another uh, gender identifies with that gender through and through. So yeah, maybe yeah. A, a, as far as the solution goes, probably the right one. There have been some studies about the uh, uh, estrogen or whatever the uh, the drugs that that one takes yes. to transition. Yep, modifies the body enough that it, it's similar to a woman's a woman's system. So that so it's kind of a delicate kind of conversation. There is 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 the uh, the male advantage really a male advantage because of uh, what they're going sure. through? Yeah, yep. but, yeah, but the problem so. is at what point you reach that tipping point i mean that's the problem and time and time again you're getting these situations where the trend the male to the female is dominating these sports and for all the females that have trained for years and years and years it's not personally i don't think it's fair yeah but but, but I, uh, I know what dan's saying that in in in, in transition you're you're taking huge amounts of <clears throat> estrogen and hormones <laughs> but again it doesn't weaken that athlete enough to not give them an advantage because clearly in every case including the waffle race so european the belgian waffle race uh in other sports where you know men have transitioned to women they still retain enough of the original advantage that they're it is an advantage for them. Um, but anyway, have you, have you, you notice there's no women transitioning to men that want to participate in men's sports. You don't see much of that. So, I mean, within that is a but um, I, I think this is the perfect solution to be fair to everybody. And uh, how inclusive is that? Man, woman, yeah. and open. I, 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 again, I wasn't debating yet. I was just saying, like, well, I think. No, I, I, I know you're not. I, I, think, I think that's a great solution. I think that's what they're going to need to do going forward. Let's, uh, we're going to, we have to, we have to transition to another segment. Bill uh, Brio is standing by. Dan Duran's news will be shortly, I guess, about 25, 30 minutes away. And we'll uh, get Bill uh, comfortable. And then, Fred, why don't you tell us uh, about some other, our mother of our fine, Chamber of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group uh, group benefits plan for small uh, business. Um, take the time today. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca and uh, find out all about it. In fact, over the years, several small companies have joined the Chamber Plan because they heard about it on Humble and Fred. Uh, and the thing is, I, I think it freaks a lot of people out. They think, oh, I can't afford that. Again, take the time. Find out what it's all about. It's a great gesture to your employees. I mean, the word security comes to mind. You just feel secure when you 
you know, it even has the basics, uh, dental and prescriptions and some therapies and what have you. A benefits package that is very affordable for small business. They've done a great job of uh, holding the line on uh, premiums over the past uh, few years. Again, bottom line, you can do it. Chamberplan.ca. You can do it. You can also uh, check out our friends at Boron One, aka AaronVentures.com. We've been talking about them for a while. They're trying to get boron out of the earth. It's not easy to do. That's why there's only a, a few places on planet Earth where it's commercially viable. And now you can participate with this company whose strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. Check out AaronVentures.com. They trade under the sticker symbol. Is it sticker? Ticker, sorry. I'm fucking show you what an idiot I... The sticker symbol. The stock ticker symbol. Boron 1. And it might be a great addition for you in your portfolio. You'll have the Sherpa or your Sherpa. Check it out. AaronVentures.com. Keep me in your heart for a while. I feel like a little Warren Zevon is appropriate for our regular monthly get-together with our friend, William Brio, Brio.tv, the, uh, the award-winning Brio TV, the podcast. Welcome back, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, I think I won the Lady Bing for the podcasting. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Easily. Um, Billy Brio, um, we can get to all kinds of things. Uh, I was thinking about you, as I often do when I'm making uh, my streaming choices. I get the feeling, and and I'm interested to hear what you have to say about uh, some of the stuff that you're going to recommend today, but... Is this a, a, a seasonal thing where there? I don't feel there has been as much released. Doesn't seem to be for me as much choices, or is it just a, my own TV watching malaise? No, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think it goes beyond the fact that there's a writer's strike. That um, we're just seeing a downturn in the economy of television. The giddy highs of streaming. Um, just now, uh, there's a big correction going on. All these giant uh, media companies who thought, well, if we just make an endless amount of television, we'll be number one. But then they soon realize that costs billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this before. You know, the old network TV uh, method was you had to program 22 hours a week. And if you could do half of that successfully, you'd be very competitive. Well, Netflix and Disney and Prime and on and on crave, they have to uh, program a zillion hours. They have to have so much choice that you can sit there for an hour and just flip and flip and flip to try to something you want to watch. And that's impossible. It gets You can't just be an infinite programmer. Yeah. And um, it's funny. People for the longest time have been talking about cord cutting, meaning getting away from cable TV as we know it. More and more, I'm hearing people talking about, I got to dump some of my services. I got to dump some of my services. I've got too many. Because it's one of the, it's like a runaway train, right? It's like you get this, you get that. And at the end of the month, you look and not only do I have cable, but I also have $100 in in, in services. Now, that's a great great point, Mm -hmm. too, because, you know, that phrase spoiled for choice. 
It's what we yeah. all are now. And it started years ago with the, you know, uh, that uh, was that Bruce Springsteen's, you know, 500 channels, nothing's on, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but what you said, to Bill, is so true about sitting there sometimes agonizing over what to watch because there's so many things you could watch. And as Fred said, on so many different streaming options. Yeah. And so I, what I've done lately, you know, with Alan Arkin had passed away last week. Yeah. I went back and watched the first season of the Kaminsky Method. Um, even though I've seen it, it's been a, a couple of years, and I really enjoyed it, and I knew I would like it. So sometimes, even if you're looking and looking and you can't find anything, you know, you you're, you're rewatch stuff, and we're paying to do that. And that, when you think about it. I don't know if that's a great plan. Bill, I got to tell you, one of the first things I wrote down when I was making notes for you was I have been rewatching things because, yeah. and here's why, because I'll be doing what you said, looking to, to watch something and finally let's go, you know, I'm going to watch something I know is going to be good. And right. so, Freddie, I was going to tell you this, I've rewatched the first time, I've got two more episodes to go, I've rewatched the entire uh, run of the offer. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. And, you know, it's that uh, the story of the making of The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy, I remember you hadn't seen it. And I haven't I can seen tell it. By, I, can, I, have, I can tell yeah. by the look on your face you still haven't seen it. No, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say because you've talked told me about this it's before. It's so I good. caught up. Yeah. Oh, it is spill. It is so good. But to, your, but to your point, Bill, about re-watching things, knowing you're going to enjoy them. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's just I. I struggle with that one a bit. Although I should do it. I mean, I'll sit and watch an episode of All in the Family for you know, like right. an episode I've seen 15 times. But I get that, and I, I'm thinking like Peaky Blinders is, uh, comes to mind with me. Yes. Because I struggled with under, you know, I mean, I watch with subtitles and stuff like that to rewatch it to probably really absorb things I may miss. So from that aspect, I would do that, you know. Yeah. Well, I know during the pandemic, you know, we watched every episode of Frasier because mm-hmm. you could watch four or five a night uh, sure. for months and months because you weren't because allowed to you were stuck inside. You couldn't leave you know? your home. <laughs> hey, another thing I watched, Freddie, I thought of you, too, is I rewatched the movie uh, with Will uh, Smith. King Richard loved it again. Yeah, great movie. See, that is great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the things that uh, Bill wants to recommend that we see for the first time. And the you say that I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It's a three part doc on Bobby Kennedy. Mm. Yeah, and it's been around. I don't think it's brand new. I think it's a few years old, but it's on Netflix right now. And uh, I started watching it and just watched the whole. Got a little freezing there from Billy too. Yeah, you know, going- through to conspiracy theories and things. Uh, it's it's not just that, but 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 it's it's a, the, really from the story of him back in, you know in the fifties and, and being a lawyer and then you know helping his brother's campaign, devoting his life to John Kennedy. Kennedy's John Kennedy's assassinated, and how completely lost Bobby was mm. until sixty eight. He runs for um, you know the presidential uh, nomination for his party, and has a two month window where. He becomes like uh, the Messiah. Like it's just incredible to see this elevation and how um, sad. It's almost like he knew he was going to be shot. You know, he, he uh, walks into the Ambassador Hotel. He's gunned down, and then there's these theories about really what happened there. Was it just Saran Saran? And we're hearing from a few places now that no, there was somebody standing behind who had a gun, and. Um, 
it's just fascinating to relive all that. Yeah, and you mentioned here to um, Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. Yeah, and you know he's he's an interesting. <laughs> He's been accused of being like a, um, you know, a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist and a whack job and everything. But I'll tell you, whenever I listen to him, yeah. he explains himself pretty good. And he's all over this, too. He thinks there was more than one gunman. Yeah, you're right, Fred. I, mm-hmm. I agree the same way. Uh, you know, his big knock on him is he's an anti-vaxxer. But then he explains that as well. Yes. And uh, But the, the assassination, he talks to Bill Maher. There's a great uh, Bill Maher has. Uh, a podcast uh, right now that he's doing um, cafe. No, Club Random. Club I, Random. I, I heard yeah. that episode. I never yeah. miss an episode. I really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. So do I. I'm a Bill mm-hmm. Big Mar fan. But yeah, he sounds very, very reasonable and he explains uh, the theories. And yeah, there's some parallels that to this documentary. But also, the documentary looks at a time when America was sharply divided. And along racial lines, and, hmm. along, and it's you like, mean, wait a minute, you mean oh, last week? Right, <laughs> it's so damn relevant. Uh, it's scary. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I I don't know much about Robert Kennedy Jr. other than sort of the headlines that you just mentioned, but I do see this thing online that uh, there's some talk about a Trump Kennedy Jr. ticket. <laughs> well, yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. Yeah, the, I I don't think there's much to that. Okay. I mean, isn't he's running? Is he running as an independent or as a Democrat? Well, he's trying to yeah run against Biden basically okay. yeah, yeah. to be president. So uh, that that's going to be uphill. Well, I'm going to check out the episode of Bill Maher that you talked about. It's called Club Random, and um, some yeah, Robert Kennedy Jr. certainly bubbling under the the cultural. Uh, headlines these days you know and his voice is he's a little hard to listen to I mean, yes right. two aspects number one you feel bad for the guy because it's an actual disease that he has yeah. but it's also to listen to him is also a bit aggravating because you're trying to you're not catching everything and it, his voice is so weak so tell me and why imagine- you why you think his reasonable take on the on, on being an anti-vaxxer among other well, things I- no, he just questions Big Pharma, and, you know, I mean, it's like anything else. It's like you can't just shut everything else. It's like, geez, maybe that's a good point as opposed to just... Right. Anyway, it's hard to explain. Listen to the the episode, and it's like, well, yeah, I guess there's some arguments for being a little suspect of Big Pharma and for how sure. things might get pushed through that shouldn't. And anyway, um, so I, I'm just saying, Robert... <laughs> Robert Kennedy Jr. becomes president. Like, can you imagine um, State of the Union addresses and everything with that? Like, with that voice, it would be well, difficult. Even like you know that Bill Maher uh, episode is like nearly two hours long, and yes. to do a two-hour podcast with that unfortunate affliction mm-hmm. with his voice is is tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I feel for the guy for sure. And yeah, not everything, you know, he, you, you still may not be convinced at all by his arguments, but at mm-hmm. least he makes them and they're based on something, you know. Let's yes, talk about what you're looking. So let's talk about what you're looking forward to, which is a uh, something I'd never heard of until I read the uh, notes here. How to how to with John Wilson. 
Yeah, I really love this show. It may be my favorite TV show. Really? Uh, yeah, I love it. It's uh, basically this guy, John Wilson. He lives in Manhattan. He lives in this apartment, and he has a camera, and he goes out, and he goes, oh, scaffolding. Look how much scaffolding there is in Manhattan. And then he just goes around, and he shows that, but it's, it's so hard to explain or sell this show because every time I try, people just look at me like I've lost my mind. Okay. But basically, he, he draws your attention on something very un, un mundane and by the end of the episode it has a profound meaning it, it just hmm. it's it's very very interesting and nathan fielder if people maybe recognize that name he's a canadian and he's done a few shows that have been very interesting he's one of the producers of this show right it's just it's offbeat it's different but boy his point of view and the the work that they make to take these little mundane things and make them pr- add up to something that's much more about human values uh, is really something. Well, it's on Crave HBO, uh, so I have access yeah. to it. And uh, to hear the, the the passion in your voice, William. Oh, I um, love this show, and I like it's Nathan fantastic. Fielder. But but isn't Nathan Fielder a comic? Well, he's, he is a comedian, but he's a really a filmmaker. He's, right. he's got uh, this show, The Rehearsal. Right. Which, I don't know if you guys saw that very strange show where he goes to crazy lengths to recreate environments for people. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's another, wow, no one else is trying this kind of thing. So uh, hats off to these guys. But I, I just think. How to with John Wilson stands alone. Um, love sports documentaries. Uh, you speaking of rewatching? I've rewatched that movie Air. Uh, I've seen oh, it yeah. now twice. Love that really? movie. Yeah, watch that twice already. Yes, yeah, you know Banshees well, of Inisherin. Sharon. I would watch that again too. I should do that. That's one I would watch. I listen before we get into the sports talk. I, I'm telling you, like I sometimes mm-hmm. what Bill said is so true. I can't find something. I look for, obviously, I go to the new stuff, and Freddie and I have access to some other stuff as well, and I've got Prime, I've got uh, Plex, I've got uh, Dan left uh, Dan left Disney Plus here on my smart TV, so I just like to go and get, if I'm going to spend a couple hours now, I'm like, okay, I want to I be sure I'm going to like it. Well, recently, we both watched Smartless on the Road. I mean, Loved that's... It. Yeah, what would that be? Sort of a documentary? How and and how, call that? how did you watch that? Because I don't, it's not really in Canada. Because we have secrets. We have, okay. we have secret right. we know, I, I, I was <laughs> curious because I haven't no, seen it. Hey, I'm dying to see it. Bill, don't ask questions you don't want answers to, okay, Brampton? All right? Well, you know, Howard, one takeaway from that show um, it's too bad the Toronto stop was canceled. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, they each stop they made, it was like, you know, Sean, Chicago, and his sister was in Madison, Wisconsin, and then L.A., of course. But there was a scheduled stop in Toronto that had to be canceled because of uh, COVID. And I just wonder who the guests may have been for that show. The Toronto, One of them yeah. was, was going to be Will Ferrell. I, I was listening to. Well, oh, uh, really? Uh, they, they're starting to play those as podcasts. Cast that you could listen to. The, the yeah, TV but Will episodes. Ferrell was on the show. Was Will on Ferrell Mar- was. They went to Washington and right, they had yeah. to re- reroute his Tim to go there. Right, okay. Toronto. He mm-hmm. was great. Okay. Um, anyhow, so yes, uh, we have access to Smartless. It was very good. Uh, but the thing is, oh, I know. I, I started watching this. Everyone was talking about this series. I think it was on um, Primer and Netflix called Citadel. Started watching it, gave it a couple episodes. Never really took off, but I saw it was getting rave reviews. 
And that's why with someone like you, and it's such a a great uh, resource, because when you say you like something, at least I go, okay, well, there's a guy I know. We have similar tastes. And that, that's why when we have you on and we see these things, like I'm going to definitely check out How To with John Wilson. And what about these sports docs you're talking about? Yeah, there's some good ones. There's been a lot lately. You know, it was Reggie Jackson and uh, all kinds of ones in the last few months. But uh, this month alone, there's one coming up in days on Wilt Chamberlain uh, called Goliath. You know, a fascinating story. He played 14 seasons in the NBA, and he's like Gretzky. He still has about 70 records, you know, from from his stint there. Including uh, 102 points in one game or something? Yeah, 100 points. Uh, yeah. No one's ever done that. And uh, <laughs> Is he the yeah, one that – was Wilt the one that claimed to have sex with a million women? No, 10,000. 20,000. 20,000. 20,000. Like, it's not yeah. like, it's not, well, I always found that fascinating. It's not enough that you've scored 100 points in a game. That, <laughs> you can't be happy with that record. You've yeah. got to have the record for most, betting the most women ever. Well, but somebody 20, said, we, yeah, go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry. No, I just said he's obsessed with scoring. I think yes, there you go. Well, I was going to say, when you're not on the court, you're screwing. I mean, really, 20,000. <laughs> uh, well, it's literally a math equation. He, mm-hmm. he, he sort of figured out it was 23 women a week times how many years, and that's how he came up with that number. Now, do we wow. think that's true? Is that true? I don't well, know if it's true, and it probably isn't, but I mean, it's still... Um, uh, you know, there's enough truth to that that it's a, probably a ridiculous yeah, number. Yeah, it's probably it a is. number, maybe not 10,000, but the number would still be impressive. <laughs> yeah. But but you're right, Bill. I mean, it's, you know, you just start doing the math and it's like, eh, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, you know, right. Like, seriously, you're you're an NBA player. I mean, you have to practice, you have to play, you have to travel. I mean, re- seriously, when were you doing all this screwing? Like 23 a week. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Well, 23 a week is that's three. Isn't that more than three a day? It's more than breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Those should be my priorities. Yeah, he, he would probably have to actually be eating while he was doing it. You've got to keep your strength up. Oh, and then oh, you got to play a game. And then you score 100 points. And right? this is 20,000 different women. Oh, I mean, yeah. Most of us don't screw 20,000 times in our lives, be it the same person. Oh, I, it's way less than 20,000. <laughs> oh, I know it is. Way less. It is. <laughs> especially you married guys. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's Will Chamberlain. There's some other ones as well. Yeah. Uh, we got... Uh, other guys who uh, weren't screwing everything that was moving were uh, <laughs> Steph Curry. Uh, he's got one. Steph Curry, another basketball player. There's a doc on him. Oscar De La Hoya. There's one this month on him. And there's one just coming up on Wednesday called Quarterback on Netflix. And it looks at Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and uh, Kirk Cousins from last year. So the camera followed these guys all year long. And, of course, Mahomes ended up winning uh, the Super Bowl. But you find out one of these guys get injured. And, you know, it's just an interesting, you know, focused peek at the NFL. Seth Curry, there's so many uh, sightings of him in Toronto. He married a Toronto girl. And Hmm. my son, a couple of weeks ago, was up at a golf course. And it was the scuttlebutt was there. Oh, we can't go over there because Seth Curry's on, uh, like, you know, hole number six or something. Yeah. Ah, he spends a lot of time here in the summer. Wow. Well, uh, Steph, by the way, because you keep saying yes. Seth. What did I say? Seth. Seth, twice. You know why I said Seth? No, I have no Cause idea. Because I, I was just looking at this thing, because when we were talking about shows we gave up on, Seth Rogen. Mm. 
Um, that platonic, I couldn't get into that. What are you even I, talking about? Seth Rogen. Has a show has called a show. Platonic? A series? Yes. Yeah, on one of the services. And I thought, oh, I'm going to check this out. Uh, but I couldn't get into it. It's just Yeah, it's the same here. I watched yeah. uh, the first episode and eh. What's but, the premise? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even remember it. Okay. They... The, what happens? They were. That's, that's my favorite thing today. My favorite quote today. I can't remember. It's too many. Bill watches way too much TV. It's this guy. They were friends and uh, when they were younger, and, oh, okay. and his wife leaves him, and they become friends again. The guy and a woman, and that uh, didn't work for me. Okay. But anyway, uh, but back to Steph Curry. I'm not surprised that Danny, your son, saw him at a golf course because, beside being an amazing, amazing basketball player. He's also an elite level golfer, which is just f- ridiculous how good he is as a player. Right. Uh, which goes to show you. And I think I'm going to check out the, the quarterback one because I, I like that kind of when they follow uh, somebody. I, I was watching the show since uh, last saw you, Bill, called uh, Tour de France Unchained. Mm hmm. You, did you happen to see it on your Netflix? I did not, no, yeah. Again, kind of like that Formula One drive to survive. Not as well done, but very interesting. And I, and I got sucked into it. Like an eight-part like eight type of thing, and I found myself... It's, it's fascinating, Howard, how like you, you, you mentioned that, or the Formula One. Like These are sports that normally I would not follow or watch. Exactly. We, we watch these documentaries because the personalities are so fascinating, and uh, they work on, uh, on a lot of levels. And uh, yeah, I even still watch the Formula One one. I, and again, that's another thing people say. You haven't seen that. You have to see that. You must see that. Yeah, you know, I, and we talked about this one. I at some point I watched the first season of it, and it's now into season four, I think. And I never went back because uh, again, other stuff came up. But I like that. And and the, the same guys that did that did a a season on the PGA Tour called Full mm-hmm. Swing, which was okay. It wasn't didn't blow me away. Uh, but to final, uh, to finally, to to before we let you go, finally to uh, promote the podcast. Who's the uh, latest big time star you had on your show that we can well, only wonder? <laughs> well, it's a Canadian uh, by the name of Hart Hansen. He was actually there's some controversy. I asked, him, "Where were you born? Was it in California or?" Um, Vancouver and it's like well it depends because his parents if he was born in Canada then they weren't married yet so they kind of he thinks it's Washington anyway so you have to listen but his, this guy created a lot of TV his first job was writing on the beachcombers wow. just towards the end of that show but he worked on things like Neon Rider and uh, North of 60 and then he created Traders. And then uh, at 38, he moves to L.A., and everybody there is like, well, why are you coming now? That's way too old. Like, we don't want you. You're 38. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, But he stuck around, and he ran shows like Joan of Arcadia. He got a reputation for doing shows that were sort of funny dramas. And right. so he, um, he did a few of these, Judging Amy. And then uh, Bones was a show he created, and it ran 12 seasons on Fox, longest-running drama ever there and um just a but a really interesting guy um one of his best friends is dave thomas from sctv and they all both live in la their kids were both playing little league 
they would be sitting around talking and oh you're from canada yakety yak anyway uh hart hansen offers thomas a job in the writing room of bones and that's what dave thomas did for a couple of years he wrote hmm. dramas about uh forensic uh, investigations so wow uh, you know, it's just an interesting uh, discussion about really if you're looking at getting a career on TV, uh, Hart very generously explains a lot of do's and don'ts and some of the traumatic things that happened to him. And uh, just it's, a, it's an interesting career. And this is on uh, Brio TV, the podcast. Yes, it is. I'm, 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 I'm curious because I'm going to I'm, I'm hopefully if I remember to check it out. Did he talk about the fact that because you said he had. Here, I get, I'm, it's going to be a weird journey to this question, but just stay with me. A lot of people make it in that business, in this business, just by hanging around long enough. Like he had worked on the beachcombers, and then that got him a job on this, and then he got a job on that, and then he moves on. Like there's a, there's a sort of, I mean, you have to be good at it, but you have to sort of, you have to just get a reputation as somebody you can rely on. Does he talk about that at all, about yeah. just kind of sticking no, around you- long enough? You're absolutely right. And what he does say is that if you can make it in Canadian television, Hollywood's a cinch because you've had to produce a show under impossible conditions for no money. And, uh, you know, the, you're making a, a drama like uh, Traders for 800000 and it's on the air opposite, uh, you know, The X-Files for $3 million an episode. Yeah. And viewers don't care. They just want to see a good story with uh, that's well made. So if you can finesse and make uh, it Canada, when you get down to the States, if you, you know how to budget a show. You know how to cast a show. You have a lot of skills that not everyone has just straight out of the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's absolutely uh, part. But. Also, he says in the U.S., they tend to pigeonhole you. They threw out all his credits from Canada. They just noticed that he worked on an episode of The Outer Limits. <laughs> oh, we, we need a sci-fi guy. You oh, must be a sci-fi guy. And, and, and that's sort of how that works. So it's interesting. Well, um, He wrote for The Beachcombers. Did you know that last week, Dan Duran visited the home of Bruno Gerussi's son in wow. Stratford? Interesting. Yes. Wow. Yes, he, he spent some time, and I, th- I I believe he made Dan some carbonara or something. We'll have to ask. <laughs> oh my gosh! See, who but he was he was at the uh, the residence of Bruno's son. Who I, knew I how connected Dan Rocco was? or something? Well, he talks. Hart talks about Bruno Gerusi, and uh, he has a pretty cool story about uh, Bruno had a reputation for being a tough guy who was mm-hmm. uh, didn't suffer fools, and you know he was this Stratford actor, Shakespearean actor, yeah. who was kind of taken them you know he had five kids he was raising mm-hmm. and he needed this job so he was on the beachcombers for 19 seasons but um you know it's 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 fun his uh, memories of beachcombers for sure bill brio what a uh, you know what we're just we're very lucky to have you on this program brio.tv the podcast and of course uh, check out brio.tv because uh, tv feeds his family look at him look at the look what it's done for him look at the luxurious surroundings of the oh, brio man. studios it's all thanks to howard and fred yeah, thank yeah. you guys again it's and by the fun. way uh, i was a huge alan arkin fan he's one of those yeah. guys that uh speaking of re-watching something when I heard he passed away, I was like, I should go back and watch The uh, In-Laws. One of my favorite movies. Yes. Him great, and Peter great, Falk. Great, great movie. Can quote lots of lines from it, which I'm not really, you know, I can't do that from too many movies. Anyways, listen, my friend. Always, always, always a pleasure, and we'll see you in one month. Okay, great. Look forward to it. Thanks, pal. Thanks, pal. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. That's his voice, Alan Arkin. That's a perfectly good, that's a perfectly good tooth, Mr. Sir Sean. 
<laughs> serpentine, serpentine. Yeah. You know what? His sons. Wait, wait. Before you go, Bill, Alan Arkin's son, Adam Arkin, Fred, mm. is was a, an actor on like Chicago Hope or something. But he directs a lot of television, including a few of the episodes of The Offer, which Bill, you really should go and find. Yeah. And also, if you want to hear a great podcast, uh, dig up Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal podcast episode with both Adam and Alan Arkin. It's up one they, they reposted it when he died, and it's just two hours of gold. All right, man. Thank you. Go watch the offer right now. How dare you? All right. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Billy Brio. Frederick, are you all caught up? Because uh, I think you got one more to go, right? Yes, the retirement Sherpa. Thank you. Our friend uh, Tim Niblett will be by tomorrow, and he's going to touch on uh, this subject. Do you have alternative, alternative investments in your portfolio? Do you? Should mm-hmm. you? And if you do, what are they? That type of thing, okay? The retirement Sherpa, Tim, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. There was some interesting news about uh, Tesla and their charging stations, proprietary technology being shared with other automakers. And maybe tomorrow I can touch on that a little bit. I've... I've now started to charge my car away from my home base for the first time. In the wintertime, I never did it. And uh, it's like a bit of a learning curve. But one of the great things about electric cars, which I've discovered thanks to evnet.ca, is just how economical they are to operate. Certainly in the summer's, summer's time, when you're spending, I'd spend a lot of money on gas. I've now uh, driven nearly a thousand kilometers because I've had to charge my vehicle a few different places. I added it up; it was twenty under sixty dollars. It may have even been more, <clears throat> maybe fourteen hundred kilometers, thirteen hundred. Anyway, but uh, check it out yourself. The whole idea is it's the EVNet.ca experience. Whether it's a Tesla or a Nissan Leaf or a Kona or a Bolt. It's a it's a bit of a paradigm shift for a lot of people, but you can you can easily uh, acclimatize, and they'll help you do it. One eight hundred three eight seven nine three nine one, or go to evnet.ca, and you can check one of these cars out for a day, for a week, for a weekend. One eight hundred three eight seven ninety three ninety one. Interesting, too, around the province, you keep saying these signs about, you know, Ontario, go electric, you know, and the electric uh, industry. And yet, as we found out from Daryl Croft, we have the weakest rebate program in the country. Yeah, I'm just wondering if so many people are going electric now that they're thinking, boy, we can't afford to keep up with it. I mean, that would be a positive spin on it wouldn't it <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that because i thought of that too maybe that's maybe that's part of their problem they're hedging their yeah. their bets but uh you know i he, here's the thing that happened recently because there listen i wouldn't say a disadvantage but one of the pushbacks that people would have and i've heard it to me well what happens if you want to go on a long trip or well what happens this came up recently what happens if you are low on a on a charge and you want to do something because it's happened happened last week. I got down to about 80 kilometers left, and I came home, and I thought, oh, well, shit, I'm kind of stuck here now because I have a level two charger in the garage, which charges at about 35 or 40 kilometers an hour. 
So it takes a few hours to get you back up to three or 400 kilometers, you know? And then I realized, oh no, I can just go to a charging station near me. And, you know, there's one at Sherway Gardens. And I was within 20 minutes. I was basically back up to full charge. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a, learning, power. <laughs> it's a learning curve for me. Because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'm stuck here for the rest of the day. I can't, I won't have a car to use. Mm-hmm. But you're not far wherever you are in this province. Well, well I shouldn't say the province, but in the city for sure. Yeah, and Rudra has been a bit of a big help for our friends from GigSky. My buddy Rudra has been a big help as a resource for like how to actually go to a charging station. And I just I did what he told me to do. I, I put up my charger and then I went and had lunch. Came back and it was done. Anyway. What did you have for lunch? Uh, I had uh, I went to Sherway. I had cultures. I had one of those big salads with uh, chicken. Oh, nice. And then I was still hungry. So I went because I'm fat now. Then I went to. Uh, then I, I went, had a Big Mac. <laughs> That's right. I was hungry because I had this salad. I should have had the large salad. I had the medium salad. And then I went over there. I had like a little thing of sushi. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my son, my sweet son, for my birthday, walked in as a gesture for his dad because he knows his dad loves it. Had a big styrofoam case of. Uh, raw, raw oysters and nice. he shuck them really good so he he came over with like 50 oysters and ate a ton on Sunday and then we finished them off yesterday after golf and they were delicious man I'm not sure where they were from but man were they good good for him mm-hmm. how did you uh, did you shuck them or he shucked them no he shucks them man that's you know it's funny to use gloves uh no he does a thing sort of like with a with a uh, he has the shucker and he he holds like a face cloth or like a yeah like a cloth he needs something like, to, yeah yeah because yeah. you already shred your however hands. he did it but uh, uh, yeah just so good and yeah, i haven't a had a little bit of shrimp sauce a lot of tabasco delicious and lemon i haven't had them for a while i'm trying to think of the last time i had oysters oh i know i remember now well, when you buy them on your own and bring them home, they become somewhat affordable, right? As opposed to restaurants. Oh, yes. But. but they are a bit of a hassle. Mm-hmm. Oh, but if you have a if you have a in-house shucker, you're uh, you're laughing. I just sit there and wait till he hands me a plate of them. We had a New Year's party years ago because we used to do this. Ex-wife Randy and I It was like a tradition at our house. We had people at our place every New Year's and one New Year's. I thought, hey. This will be cool. Part of the hors d'oeuvre uh, part of the night or whatever. The appetizers. I'll get some oysters. I got 36 of them. And our guests were to arrive, I don't know, say in an hour. And I started to shuck them. And I had not uh, budgeted how long it was going to take me. And I didn't have gloves on. And I thought, how hard can this be? It turned out to be pretty hard. And I was still shucking them when people arrived and thought, I will never do this again. It's way too much work. You know, Dan's got it down pretty good, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even yesterday, I think there was a dozen left over. I would say, poof. Um, it didn't take him long at all to do that, to do the dozen. But it's like anything else. Once you learn the craft, it uh, comes easy. But tasty. You know, sometimes you get oysters and they're sort of tasteless and you're telling you, oh, these are good. But really, it's like 
that good fresh oyster flavor these had that fantastic yeah i love i love oysters I, and they are expensive the place i go here in uh, the city is on uh, queen west called uh, oyster boy and they do a nice job of uh, they have an array of oysters from all over the country you know what's funny some of the bigger fatter ones are not my favorite they used to be they're not you know what you know what i'm talking about like yeah. they're, they're like it's almost like and it's not the texture i don't think they have the same flavor as some of the smaller pei ones or the malpec ones it's like lobster you know they talk about this giant lobster the bigger the lobster i find the less flavor it has yes <laughs> speaking of big lobsters hey dan what's up man <laughs> see Good how morning. it all all, yeah. mm-hmm. all yeah. comes back it does <laughs> what was Bruno Gerusi's son name again, Dan? I was telling everyone that you spent oh, an Rico. evening at Saying he ma- Rico. Rico. Rico, yeah. And he made you Carbonero? Was that the story? Why were you no, Bruno Gerusi's son's place? That was, that was the made-up story. Well, I was working on this place helping uh, uh, a guy out. Aaron Davis is his name, and he's a musician. Uh, with we his. always knew Aaron Davis was. <laughs> hey, hey, hey now, come on. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now, come on. <laughs> anyway, Aaron so we, Davis uh, is a man in Stratford now. What? So I uh, we got we got invited over to just uh, have some strawberries and sort of. Uh, it was a longer story, but anyway, it was they you know something to do with retrieving a bicycle or something? So anyway, we dropped by and um, and just got a little. You uh, spent a little time with. Uh, Rico Jerusi and his wife Patsy. It was great. They gave you a carbonara. <laughs> no carbonara. Lots of lots of strawberries. Strawberries are at that moment were right. in perfect season. Give you, so season. Yes. Did they give you any cacio e pepe? Huh? Did they give you any cacio e pepe? Don't even know what that means. It's, it's, it's spaghetti. Cacio oh, e no, pepe. No, spaghetti. No, no, there was none of that. None of that. No. They give you. Darren any, came up with the oh the, the carbonara. And I knew he didn't have carbonara. I just threw that out there. Yeah, it's like yeah. Darren just came up with the served him carbonara for whatever reason. Oh, because he's a loon. That's what the reason is. <laughs> he's basically, oh, yeah. That's the only reason Darren comes up with anything is he's a fucking loon. <laughs> but I guess uh, Bruno Gerussi spent some time in in, uh, in Stratford. Yes, he was a Stratford Rico, actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how Rico sort of uh, was, was there. And then he ended up moving to Toronto and then back to Stratford later in life. Yeah. He became a... Uh, he worked in film. I forget what it was, like an, an AD or something like for years. Did did now? Were you in the house at all? Does he have pictures of his dad anywhere? I really didn't get into the house. Mm. I, I got into. Would they just throw strawberries house. at you from uh, the porch? Yeah. <laughs> Here, Dad, an excellent. He's an mouth. excellent musician. Open He's your one mouth. Of those music- Open your mouth like a seal. Ah 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 ah. He's a respected musician and oh, has one of those okay. one of those guys who collects guitars. So he has like like thirty guitars, and you know and there was and uh, his bike was stuck somewhere. He had to go and take his oh, bike. So that is not even worth getting into. It's one of it's a, a search for a a, a bike that uh, we, nobody knew where it was. Right. So well, listen, they I didn't have it. I don't want to make you work any harder than you already are trying to explain things. So uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> fucking bike gets into the story, and we're like we're not supposed to notice. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have anything to say about the Las Vegas sphere, or is that part of your news package? Hey, now. Well, we could throw it either way. All right. I mean, well, let me in or out. In or out of the uh, package doesn't matter. But it, right. is, uh, it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Fred, do you have anything to say about Dan's package, or can we move on? No, I, the sphere, I don't understand. No, Dan's package, because I thought you were going to make a Dan's package joke. 
Uh, no. Okay, then let's get to uh, our intro for this world-famous news broadcast. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. his voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as fast for credentials, he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from... Perhaps these are the last days of this trailer... But he's a man that's been on movie sets in a trailer around the city for years, getting ready to be a fake anchorman. And that tradition continues. Here's Dan Durant. The Sphere is making a splash in Vegas. The Sphere is at the Venetian Resort. It costs $2 billion to make and uh, is is actually um, an 18,000-seat venue that will uh, be set to host its first concert on September 29th when U2 takes up residency there. It's a two-and-a-half-month residency. Mm. But the thing is about it's a sphere that has LED panels, LED panels all over the, the exterior, and they've managed to make this thing look like anything that is a globe because of its LED panels. Like, so, so, like, they've... They introduced it, and uh, they made it look like the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Made it look like the moon. Uh, I'm sure that there's uh, programs they made it look in like there. A, they made it look like a basketball. One of them. It's very cool. A baseball, and then or like uh, water flowing up the outsides of the sphere. It, 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 check it out on YouTube or yes. anywhere. Just do a quick search for it if you're uh, if you're curious, because it is just in, s- s- baffling technology. I, I'm and I don't say- know. How, I, how they possibly and it's also there's an interior element too which hasn't really been revealed yet because it's just the exterior of this up and running right now. when i saw it i wasn't sure if you had talked about it or we had talked about it privately but it is one of those things kind of like when the dome opened up it's like a technological Marvel. wonder it is it, yeah. and, and when you see it you're like oh some really smart human beings have figured this out i, I didn't even realize how stupid i am i didn't even realize that it was something inside. I just thought it was something they were using to promote. I didn't realize. I thought it was like an advertising thing mm-hmm. because of its display. And what was the cost again, Dan? $2.3 billion. You know, it's interesting in Las Vegas. And again, you wonder who pays for that because, you know, they built the rink and the Las Vegas Golden Knights came. And then they built a stadium and the Oakland Raiders came. And now they're going to build a baseball stadium and the Oakland A's are coming. And it's just no end to it. Think of all the other cities that labor over building facilities and all the red tape and time it takes in Vegas. It's just like bang, bang, bang. And, and not to not to be. But, you know, I'll tell you who pays for it. Every, yeah. every everybody it's, every, yeah, it's at the Venetian resort <laughs> and they, they make two th- they make two billion yeah. a month yeah 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 and they set it they set it up that way I mean they the, the number of buildings that the hotels and things they've de- demolished over the years after mm-hmm. it proves not to be super successful anymore because somebody has a bigger better idea right yeah. so mm-hmm. the number of times you know the, the Venetian have you been to the Venetian uh, I'm not. It's, it's it's like a bit of Venice inside, right? You know, right. Yes. The, you know, with the gondoliers and you know a painted ceiling that looks like a sky and stuff. This is 
the next kind of evolution of where they're taking all this stuff. It is stunning just to look at it. Freddie, I don't know if I'd want a, it next door, but Fred, of course you wouldn't because it would be an eyesore for you. How dare you? <laughs> this, you're a man that didn't like a guy who had a light on on an, an island across from you. But Fred, <laughs> right. the um, it's actually uh, Madison Square Garden Company is the uh, MSG oh, is, is the uh, company behind it. I guess they're part yeah. owner of the Venetian Resort, but it is for you people who are listening to us, the odd person, just check it out. It really is something to see. And I'm not a Vegas person. I don't ever need to go back there. I mean, was I talking to you about that on the weekend, Dan? It's like I find yeah. casinos depressing, like ding, 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 and people spending money they don't have. Not so much in Vegas because it's a tourist destination, a lot of rich uh, people, obviously, but I don't know. You know, you go think there, see a couple a of shows, it's okay, but the, uh, the, the floor where all the machines are. You'd mm-hmm. think would be a glamorous experience, and from the very first time I've ever I ever saw mm-hmm. it, because I've been to Vegas for a few a few times for trade shows and stuff, I I was just like, really, mm-hmm. like this is not what I expected at all. Same it's, here. It feels dirty. It feels you know. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think we've had this conversation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In various okay, so forms. No, no, no. I was going to say in various forms. The uh, times I've been to Vegas that were enjoyable was uh, to see a show. In fact, I can't remember Same who here. I was with. But I saw the Beach Boys in Vegas. Oh, yeah, wow. I mean, but the floors, uh, the floor of the uh, of the casino in Vegas, is very much like the casino here. It's you know who loves the casino? Ex-wife no Randy. Windows, no clocks. Ex-wife Randy and her mom go up to Rama all the time and just feed machines. They just love it. They love the whole. I'm telling you, and I mm-hmm. I don't get it. But they love the experience. They go up and have dinner. They stay overnight. Yeah. You know, Barb throws some money into the thing. She wins a few bucks. I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's for some people, you know, and not for others. Yes. It's just I, I don't see the point. Yeah. Again, it's you can see shows anywhere. And, you know, we went 10 years ago and saw Beatles Love Fantastic, mm. saw Bette Midler. It was a little gift from Delise's boss at the time. It was great. But, again, to get on a plane and fly there just to see a show isn't really something I care to do. And, and also, people that can go there for, like, two and three days on, like, crazy gambling, drinking benders are yeah. just... Yeah. I uh, went once with Randy, ex-wife Randy. I was there uh, working a golf tournament for Wendy's. I had done a bunch of their hosting mm-hmm. here, and they brought me to Vegas. And I'd never, that was the first time I'd ever golfed in the desert outside of the city. It was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty unique environment around there. But isn't, isn't like you've gone to Vegas, then you go to other, like their the Grand Canyon and things. And Well, I've never gone to the Grand Canyon from Vegas. I've gone to the Hoover Dam, right. which is interesting. Um, interesting. But I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, helicopter shuttles and stuff that'll take you over the... But I went to the canyon when I went to Vegas in Scottsdale, that area, which I really enjoy. I love that area. Yeah. And it's a two or three or four hours up to the canyon. If you want to hear more about that, we invite you to check out a back episode of uh, mm-hmm. Aging with Energy, the old guy's uh, travel show. Yes. New season coming. Yeah, we can't wait. This song, little trivia for you Steely Dan fans, one chord. Oh, really? Cyrus' song is this one groove, baby. Oh, 
Favorite. What? What's that? Quick note there on, um, I thought, you know, I love the Buffalo Bills, and I think with Darren or whatever, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if the Bills ever go to Las Vegas? And I think that happened in the last couple of years or whatever. I can't remember. Um, I thought that'd be cool. Maybe go to Vegas to see the Bills play the the Raiders. I think the cheapest ticket was 800 US. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. just nuts. Speaking of which, Dan, the, uh, there are tickets available for you, too, at the Las Vegas Sphere. And uh, I'm not sure if this is the cheapest one, but uh, 500 US. Oh. And uh, for you people who don't know Steely Dan, this is a song called Showbiz Kids. And what they're saying in the background is go to Las Vegas. My favorite line in the song is when he says, uh, they got the Steely Dan t-shirt. Do you know this song, Dan? No, I don't. Come on. Spend no time with this song at all. Really? I mean, I, I, I kind I've, of... never, I've never heard it. I keep forgetting you guys aren't, uh, you know, I, I know you love Steely Dan, but maybe not to the level I do. Anyway, this is a showbiz kids and all they're saying is go to Las Vegas, go to Las Vegas. Anyway. Dan, do you have a second story before we get to I, I uh, do. Yeah, Craig yeah. from uh, Architect? It would be uh, very interesting for you, I think. All right, well, hang on. Let me uh, okay. Let me get your second story music. And now, live from the trailer, yep. with his second story, we're back with Dan Duran. Okay, so self-flying planes are a thing in Canada. Yeah. Canadian company Rivet is going to service remote Canada using self-flying planes. In a one-year deal with the feds, it's kind of a, an experimental thing. Uh, they've inked a deal of $1.3 million to test the airline's self-flying technology. It uses a fixed-wing airplane retrofitted with software and hardware, so it can fly fully autonomously there and back. It's like a really advanced autopilot, hmm. gate-to-gate. Yeah, I saw the story. It was CTV had it, and I looked at the aircraft. It's a two-seater. Right? It's a two-seater, and um, yeah. I couldn't figure out. Maybe you could help me. The guy who they were interviewing from the company Ribbit, by the way, which I thought was funny too, because that's what frogs say, Ribbit. Um, <laughs> um, I, I guess for economical reasons, like well, it's just cheaper not having a pilot, but. Uh, to fly up to uh, the north, I guess so. I don't know. Deploy. I, I guess the idea is now it's experimental, but in the future, uh, for Transport Canada to to authorize a plane like this uh, to yeah. be flying to various, you know, with, so, yeah, pa- they're, with they're, passengers, because this is only with cra- with cargo. Right. I think it's going to be a while before passengers get on board. But you know, there is cargo needs. That's a lot of northern communities. That's the only way the contact sure. they have is 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 flying stuff in. So, yeah. um, you know, this may be a way to. It is cheaper without you know a couple of pilots aboard or a pilot. Yeah, I guess both ways, right? So, yeah. What does uh, what does a horny frog say? No, oh, here we go. Like I knew. Here's the thing. I knew while we were doing our little chat about the thing. You just had that look in your eye, like, okay, here we go, <laughs> baby. Was here, okay, we here we go. go. What here does a horny frog say, Fred? Rub it, rub it. No. <laughs> <laughs> rub it. All right. Um, hey, 
Hey, here's another one for you. I thought of the other day. What do okay. they call a celebration at a golf club? I don't know. A party. <laughs> okay. A All right. Maybe Use we should, that on Women's Night. Maybe we should uh, only do two shows a week because obviously, <laughs> obviously, the pressure has gotten to you. Um, Dan. Yeah. They, in that story, they were also talking about eventually, as you say, Transport Canada approving planes with uh, you know up to twenty passengers with no pilots. E. And I was like, wow. I don't know about that. Going to be a while. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it would be easier to fly a plane autonomously than it would be to drive a car? I guess there's more stuff on the on the ground that that. Uh, that they have yeah, to worry these about. planes are being flown by somebody, aren't they? No, they're autonomous. They're That's just, the they're autonomous. nobody's got a joystick somewhere? Okay, well. No. I think there may be, for this test period, be monitoring uh, as part of it to make sure well, that they're I did not know okay. that. That's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's no, no pilot. No wow. remote control drony thing at all. Okay. Wow. Wow. You know, I fell into a uh, YouTube rabbit hole last week, and I happened upon that 1988 in... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this. 1988, um, you know, an airline that went between the islands of Hawaii and the sh- fuselage yes. ripped off yep. just behind the pilots. Oh, yeah, Hawaiian Air, and I they, think. Yeah. And they landed the son of yep. a bitch. And, and some, only one woman got sucked. I know. Some, one, only one person got sucked out yeah. of that uh, gash in the uh, side of the plane. But what a story. It was only a 13-minute drama. Like it only it happened over 13 minutes, yeah. but it was just fa- how that thing didn't fall out of the sky. It was just crazy. It looked like like it, they had opened a sunroof or something. Yeah, yeah I remember that. But, but they were at a height, obviously. I think they were at 27,000 feet when it happened. And, you know, nobody could breathe. And he, yeah, they came down to 10,000 feet. So they would depressurize. Yeah, and, yeah, was, yeah. Anyway, if you got the time, just look at that. What a like I, I wasn't aware of that. And I just what a story, man. You Wasn't that, that around the time they, they started to figure out of stress fractures and started checking for that? Yes. That and that? imagine, I was thinking of that woman who was just sitting there, you know, minding her own business. And, you know. No, the, she was a flight attendant, the one that got sucked out. Oh, she was? Yeah. But whatever mm-hmm. it was, she was still minding her own business. She could have been minding oh, her own business. Oh, she don't know if she was minding other people's business. Other than saying, would you like a drink or yeah, would you like just, some pretzels? Okay. <laughs> so there was a woman. Doesn't matter if she was a passenger or an attendant, minding their own business. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is like in a cartoon flailing around in the atmosphere. And, you know, almost immediately they went back to where it happened to see if they could recover her body. They never did, obviously, but at least they tried. You know, but, you know, the, the people that were in that sub that imploded, like, it's not like they had any time to think. It was almost like, you know, I was, what was that noise? And then gone. But uh, that flight attendant, for a second or two, was outside of the airplane, still alive. Just think about that. Well, Howard... Think about the people for those 13 minutes because the wind, I forget what it was like, 400 miles an yeah. hour or something in their face or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was nuts. No good. That, um, that that they survived is crazy. Because all of those people in that 13 minutes thought that they were done. Oh, why Why wouldn't you? Well, they just saw a woman flying out on the own. <laughs> <laughs> you could see on the sky own. for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Sky. It was like, right, like you said, it was like a convertible. But they had just seen the flight attendant who was offering them peanuts gone. But, but Dan, you're right. They found um, it was a rivet problem. 
and they weren't tempered properly and right. they weren't and there's a glue that has to be at the perfect temperature wasn't and it was interesting because a woman getting on the plane had noticed that the side of the plane a bit of the fuselage had, it, it separated yeah. at a couple of um rivets and thought of saying something but didn't what do you call a, a frog that works on the airline what does a frog that works on the airline say? Rivet. You say, I, I, I know what the answer is, rivet. but you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Listen, this is as fascinating as this discussion is. I, I have an addition to that, though. But, like, can you imagine that the, uh, that the, the flight attendant, she could have lived exiting the airplane, getting sucked out, right? Yeah, that's what and I said. 27, but at 27,000 feet, it would be more than a couple of seconds. She'd have time to think about it well. That's what I was trying to, the point I was trying to make, is that she knew that something was wrong for quite some time. Dan, this motion I'm making, this I made it after I started. I know. I, it means because we have our guy waiting here. Oh, you got a guy? I didn't know. Yes, you got a guy. got a guy. Yes, and he's been waiting for some time. I don't know if you guys saw me doing this a couple minutes ago, but no, no, now here we are. Put your finger up. I'll put my finger up. There he is. Jan, just stick around till we uh, get finished with this important uh, discussion. Down. Boys in the clubhouse. And uh, welcome back to our program. Craig Keats from Architect.com, Architect Toronto. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. How's it going on? Architects, when you listen, I don't know if could you hear any of that nonsense that we were... I could not. I didn't hear anything. Good. It's just better when you don't. (laughs) You know, when we send you this this segment, we'll send it to you uh, without the segment that was before you. Tightly edited. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Although, you know, it was entertaining, I think. Yeah, there you go. Never know. Um, Craig Keats, of course, architect, uh, outdoor living, building, ba- better building uh, by design. We're uh, into July now. Last time we talked to you about the um, challenges of, you know, building while we are getting rained on every day. But today, let's, uh, let's focus on something else because, you know, you get what you pay for in this world. And, you know, architect, outdoor living does great work. And it's, uh, you know, it's not... It's, it's, there, there are budget considerations. Let's take a little talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, when it comes to home renovations, home improvement, I mean, uh, you know, the scary thing is that the sky's the limit, I think, uh, when it comes to, you know, choosing out materials and, and a look that you're going for. But really, at the end of the day, when it comes to renovations and outdoors, backs, uh, you know, back decks are the exact same. Uh, budget is always a consideration. It's always something that we have to work around. So, uh, yeah, it, it always comes up in the planning process and we work with our clients to, you know, to work around whatever budget considerations or sensitivities they may have and to come up with the best solution uh, that fits into their their budget. <clears throat> yeah, because interest rates are up and, you know, sometimes people for the renovations, obviously, line of credit or add to the mortgage or whatever. And uh, again, there seems to be a real air of caution right now uh, from that aspect. Correct. Yeah, I think so. I think people are being a little bit cautious. They just don't know which direction things are going in the real estate market. And uh, and that's fair. That's understandable. Um, you know, we have a lot of clients that have expressed those types of, of concerns or considerations. Again, we, we often will work with our clients to figure out how we can sort of make some progress and maybe stage a project, maybe mm-hmm. do it over several years. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite often there's ways to, you know, let's say your deck is 
let's say you're in that situation where you really need a new deck. Your deck is falling down. It's, you know, there's holes in it. It is no longer uh, safe. Mm-hmm. There might be other ways you could approach it. You know, while, while, you know, one approach might be to just replace the entire deck. Quite often we do something that we call redecking, which mm-hmm. is like restoring a deck. I mean, essentially we take the surface off, we take the railings off, we put new surface, new railings on, and it looks like a brand new deck. Uh, you know, we, we can only do that if the structure is in pretty good shape. Um, but that's one option and that might save you as much as 30 or 40% on the price of a new deck and give you another five to 10 years with that deck. Well, and no, and that's good to know that is an option too, because I, again, I guess, you know, some other companies might roll in and say, Oh no, it's gotta be completely done. No, we can't do that. It's gotta be uh, right from scratch. But it's good to know, again, with the infrastructure, if it's there and, and solid, why not be able to do that? It just makes right. sense. Yeah. Yeah. If the underframe is in good shape, then we can absolutely do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, I, was, I want to talk a little bit about, because uh, last time we talked to you about, you know, staining a deck. And uh, yeah. I was worried. I'm kind of looking at my little deck out here. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple <laughs> questions. One is, is there a way to spruce up decks that we can, uh, you know, somebody in the audience might say, listen, I don't want a whole deck, but what can you do to my deck? Right. Well, I mean, I think it's that, I mean, there's obviously staining and refinishing a deck. You can do that to kind of bring some color and vibrancy back to it. You know, that other idea of resurfacing the deck, taking the deck boards off, putting new deck boards on. I mean, that's a great way to, to, it's great. It's fast. It's much more economical. It's an easy way to get your deck to look, look great again. You know, you might also think about, again, if the deck is in okay shape, it's maybe just that, you know, you're, it's not working for you or you're tired of the, you know, tired of the look of it. Well, then you can always add the feature. You could add a pergola or add, you know, some type of design element to the deck just to add a little bit of life to it. And architect Uh, will, and you guys at architect, deck will come in and make those make those uh, recommendations and help people make decisions. I want to get back to something you're talking about when you said the real estate market and people are being cautious. You know, they always talk about what adds value to a home, bathrooms, kitchens. Do you have a sense uh, for people of what kind of, because it's an investment, especially if you're doing a, a full backyard uh, situation or full decking and some other staging stuff, what kind of value does that add? You know, uh, the ROI of backyard projects over the last couple of years, everything I've seen from all the various real estate organizations across North America that track these, you know, track the, the return you get off the investment you make in the house. Backyard projects are number one right now. They're right. absolutely giving you the top ROI. Really? I, maybe yeah. that's because of yeah. the pandemic, guys. Maybe because people are sort of spending more time in their own oasis and they want to, They don't mind spending some money on it. And people are looking for it, Fred. Yeah. I, well, and be, the, the price of RVs have gone through the roof. The gas is gone through the roof. So that mindset is, yeah, very popular. It's yeah. it's expensive to leave the home yeah. for recreation. And there's other right. people. And there's other yes. people when you leave the home, which is the worst. You have to interact. <laughs> yeah, at least when you have a nice backyard, you can invite the people you do like to come over. Uh, and some of those people should be architect. Uh, because and, and, and we I'm sure we've mentioned this, but I want you to talk a little bit before you uh, wrap up today, Craig, sure. about, you know, People getting at least some uh, conversation started, some uh, maybe a second opinion. And you guys don't mind doing that. Absolutely. I mean, it all starts with a conversation and that's, you know, that's our approach. So give us a call. We'll chat about it. We'll come out and take a look at your deck. 
we spend time with our with our clients or prospective clients and just share ideas, talk about how what you could do with the property, maybe some considerations that people wouldn't be aware of, like environmental rules or city building permit rules. We can highlight those things and we can certainly give you a sense of, you know, you might have five different ideas. We can put a rough price around each of those ideas so that you can mm-hmm. make some decisions. So that's that's the way we do things. It says here you uh, are a one stop shop and you do communicate very well, young man. Uh <laughs> Archadec, A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K dot com. I'm glad we talked about the uh, added value to your home because uh, it is good to know that of those things that people think about to make investments in to add value, I guess decking is not to be uh, overlooked. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. And again, okay, if you want to go back and you, if you want to go back and listen to the nonsense that was happening just before you, uh, yeah, that's fine. It wasn't, you know, I it, wasn't, I shall. <laughs> it was, it was, it was weird. It wasn't, you know, I don't know. It's not for everybody. Thanks, Craig. Weird is good. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Take it easy. See you later. There we go. You know, Dan. Sometimes with my. Um, I have two screens, you know? I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you're a two-screen man now. Yeah, I know. Have you seen... You haven't seen it since I hooked up the giant screen. You're going to love no, it. it's excellent idea, though. You're yeah. going to freak out. Uh, but sometimes the uh, bottom dock from my Mac gets migrated over there. And that's why, if you've ever watched us on Facebook, I sometimes unplug my computer or unplug the screen. Anyway... Uh, there you go, uh, Daniel. Uh, where yep. can we? Uh, <clears throat> do you have any appearances you want to promote? Not right now. No. <laughs> where, no. where can people see you? <laughs> Apparently, he's going to be showing his hog at the exhibition this year. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You pay four dollars. He'll be behind this curtain, <laughs> and you pay four or five bucks to walk and see Dan's hog. <laughs> That's right. And there's like a like there's like a height requirement. Yeah. You got to be this tall. Dan, that's terrible. How do you let us get away with this? I don't terrible. Know. End of the show. We're Who's terrible. anymore anyway? <laughs> hey, uh, this will be fun. Paul Romanuk joins us tomorrow. So is the Sherpa. So is our buddy from Italy, Tim Daniels, talking about Boron. It will not be boring. Uh, thanks to Bill Brio. We do appreciate his participation in the program. I'm going to go check out that uh, thing he was talking about, how to with uh, whatever. I can't remember it by now. Anyway. Yeah, I am too. That, now, that interests me. Interesting. It's Just interesting. to see what it's about. You know, even those Mitch's area things, right? I can, honestly, I can't watch three hours, but I, you can get lost in that kind yeah. of thing. I miss, where did you know, I the one it? I oh, saw yeah. about the train, it was like, yeah, this, wow, this, this is, it, it, there's something mesmerizing about this. It's called How To with John Wilson, and it's on Crave HBO. And uh, we'll be checking that out. Okay. Uh, and uh, again, if you're really desperate, rewatch the offer. I've loved it. I'm really liking it. Yeah, I don't know if I got time. You got time. What are you doing? Maybe in the fall. I did, Bob. I, I still have this weird thing. I just. Uh, no. No. When the weather's nice, I don't like to be watching TV. But. Hmm. What do you Tell me what you like to do when the weather's nice. I don't know. Just walk around or sit. Outside. You said, but you said you weren't doing any walking. No, I said just walk around the house, look at stuff. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> okay. Well, so it's nice out, but you walk around. He just walks around the house, no, looking no, outside. Walk around the outside of the house, looking at. He just oh, likes I to see. look at stuff yeah. on the outside. Mm. Okay, yeah. 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 A weed or two, and you pull a weed or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I cleaned up a flower bed out back last week. It was it's impressive. Mm-hmm. 
Why don't you take pictures and send it to me? I will. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching on Facebook and listening on uh, wherever you listen to us. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Okay, this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got that Thursday email show, and you could win some Palma Pasta there. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing, that helps us out. So does writing a review and giving us hearts and stars. For, Dan, for Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, you could be living your life, minding your own business, and get sucked out of a plane. So enjoy every goddamn day. Where's that?